did you watch the companion movie? No. It's Jack Black and Jenny Slate as these two people. Wait, wait, wait. Like in an actual like movie version of this. Yeah, it's a Netflix like original film. Oh my god. And Jack Black plays Jan Jan, whatever you want to call him. He doesn't care. And Jenny Slate plays his wife, but they gave her a different name for some reason. Mike watched the Jack Black movie first and was like, girl, you gotta watch this. And then we realized there was a documentary about it, and I was like, no murder. Sign me up. Um, you know what we should make an album of? What? Jillian Pensavale! Patrick Hines. Um, you guys, before we get to the show, two things to talk about. Yeah. Number one, we launched a podcast network. Sure. We put our new, our first new podcast out. It's called Obsessed with Abducted in Plain Sight, hosted by me and Sky Borgman, all about that crazy bonkers documentary, Abducted in Plain Sight. Mm-hmm. We just announced our second show. It's called Obsessed with Disappeared, which is my friend Ellen Marsh and I recapping episodes of that ID show that everybody loves, Disappeared. You might know Ellen Marsh from our Daily Harvest ads. Right. <laughs> Girl, can you clear something up? Oh, no. Will you tell these people exactly where you are not going? Anywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I hate missing person cases. Right. <laughs> Number one, welcome so, to TCO. I legitimately asked Jillian if I could make this with my friend Ellen, and she's like, girl, I don't want to talk about missing person cases. I'm you get done. out of here. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to do that. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for getting worried, but yeah. rest assured, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, like, you're obsessed with Abducted in Plain Sight podcast yeah. is amazing, and everyone's like, oh, my God, like, that's your interviewee side. Right. My interviewee side, or I, I don't call it an interview because we're just hanging out, is the Hamilcast. Exactly. That's been a weekly gig for the past four years. It, so It predates TCO. It predates TCO. I also have, you know, 10 Michael Reed sketches into microphones if you want weird sketch comedy, which totally. who doesn't in this day and age. But, you know, I love everything with TCO. I'm involved here. I'm not going anywhere. I have ideas for some shows. You guys, I'm just saying tell Jillian you want shows from her on the network because <laughs> we got to get them. You know we got to get them. So I'm here. I have my own stuff going on, but I'm here. I'm, yeah. I am part of True Crime Obsessed always and forever. We started this goddamn thing together. I, exactly. I was saying we're going to be making TCO until at least 10 years after our deaths. Oh, at least. <laughs> Is that all? We'll see what happens in the other world. It's literally the only thing on my calendar for this foreseeable. <laughs> For the foreseeable. Look, I have ideas for some shows. I'm just saying, stay tuned. I can't wait. The other thing, you guys, if you want more Jillian and me, get in the Patreon. Stop worrying about Jillian going away and just get in the Patreon. I'm definitely going to be there. (laughs) But I I appreciate you saying nice things about wanting me to stick around. And also you, the listener. You, I was talking to Patrick, not a visual medium. You can see the direct (laughs) eye contact I made. But also the listeners, all the DMs and the comments and everything. I know. Thank you very much. But I'm here. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, everything's fine. Anyway, the Patreon is where we do our series, the episode by episode stuff. So it's Making a Murderer. The Jinx. Lorena, OJ. OJ, Lacey Peterson, Menendez murders, The Staircase Serial. Right. It's over 130 full bonus episodes to download and binge right now. Look, the world needs to laugh right now. Yeah. So if you're looking for a little bit more laughter, go to patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed and you can just like clear the space on your phone. I was going to say, make sure your phone can handle it. That's my biggest concern right now is you and your phone and being able to get the content that you deserve. That you deserve. Loving you. We love you guys. Uh, girl, what are we talking about today? This was a GP pick. Yeah, it's called The Man Who Would Be Polka King. Oh my God. There's a lot. <laughs> you know what doesn't happen? Like rape, murder, kidnap, animal abuse. I will tell you what, there's a pretty vicious attack that happens in the end, you guys. Plot twist. There's a lot. This is just crazy. Um, so there are a lot of accents. Yes. There's like a lot happening and just a lot of polka. And there's like a Carmela Soprano wife. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> Who like makes a threat? I know. Like a veiled threat at a beauty queen. It's a whole thing. There's a beauty queen thing involved. There's a lot. 
this like polka god almost. People would just go bananas. He was like a Polish rock star. You'd go up and you'd give them a big hug. Well, I have him bonded. It was like one family. Why you have a Because of his dynamic personality and his love for everybody. He knew how to touch somebody's heart, and by doing that, he got into their soul. John Levin is our Polish prince. <laughs> I always thought one day I die, I would like to leave something behind everybody can be proud of. He thought that little by little, he's going to build this up, make it something real big. One, two, three. Three fell to start with. And we said, we didn't want the interest, just to put it back in. It was like 10,000 at first, and then it was 20. We just felt we, that we could trust him. He could sell an Eskimo at an igloo. That was the first moment when I wasn't able to send the checks out. He knew what the situation was, and he was using every scheme that he could conceive of to keep these people off his back. It was a big mistake to do this. We lost everything we gave him. I don't know what I can do for them. I got a lot in there. We'll be back. Stay with us. So we open in Delaware. Newark, Delaware. Newark, Delaware. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I always thought Newark was in Jersey, but there's one in Delaware. So this guy's name, it's pronounced a hundred different times, yeah. and he will tell you, you say my name however you want. He doesn't care. His name is Jan Levan, but it's spelled Jan Lewin. His own wife calls him Jan. His own wife says to our face, Jan, my husband Jan. So we're going to call him whatever we want. So we meet Jan Levan, yep. and basically he's like going off to his sentencing, and he's on the phone, and he's like, I know I'm going to be sentenced. I'm quite nervous, shaky. Well, Swanko, you'll be tough. And uh, yeah, yes, uh, yeah. Just be strong, yeah? Okay, darling, I love you. Just be strong, yeah? Okay, darling, I love you. <laughs> darling. This, so we start at the end. Like, this old, weird-looking dude is on the phone in a hotel room. It's like, what did you do? And he's chipper even then. I know. This guy's <laughs> optimism is relentless. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that really just gets to you. Because I think he's full of shit. I have a lot of feelings on this, but his his last words are like... Last words, why I love everybody. I will do anything to make everybody happy. And this is another moment which probably quite few people are going to be very happy when I go behind the bars. You know, I love everyone. I want to make everybody happy. I'm going behind bars. That's got to make some people happy, right, Polka? <laughs> Even if you haven't watched the documentary, that alone, you should be like, someone cast Jack Black in this movie. Too late. <laughs> so we get footage of Jan in his like polka heyday. Oh my God. And all these old people just fucking love this guy. He was like this like polka god almost. The Liberace in a polka field. Very cheerful. Very good music. He just makes us feel bubbly all over. He was this polka god almost. <laughs> it sounds like we're in Chicago. We're not. We're in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> they call him the Liberace of polka. I just, I can't. And this old lady's like very cheerful, very good music. <laughs> and the thing is, there's all this footage of him dressed like Liberace in sequence for days, which is great. And these yeah. old people, I have to tell you, having the goddamn time of their I, lives. But the, did you notice that all of these like big concerts where all these old people are are dancing for their goddamn lives are at like one in the afternoon. Great. It's like broad day. They gotta go to bed. They're like you. You're like a party that starts at one. Sign me up. Suddenly I love polka. Suddenly. <laughs> 
And the thing is that they had like these polka parties and everyone's dancing and everyone really does look happy it, then, you guys. I know. So this is happening. We're seeing like video of the polka parties. Uh-huh. And we're getting all this on-screen text of the credits and I'm like, whatever, whatever. And then on screen, it just says, with your host, Stan Todrowski. Just... You just period, you period, wait. Put a pin in that. Okay. I have a big bomb to drop on you at the end of this. You do? Yes. Don't forget. I won't. It's okay. in my notes. So he's our host. Then it cuts to people like all the parties and then it's like, he got what he deserved. And I'm like, whoa. So these old people go from being real happy at these polka parties to being real mad in their interviews in their living rooms. I figure whatever he's getting, he deserves. He got yeah. what he deserved. You think he got what he deserved? Yep. Yeah. We still have each other. We still have our family. We still have the love of everybody, but he doesn't. So we're at the VFW. Right. (laughs) And we meet our host, Stan. In a world of Pennsylvania polka, there was nobody bigger than band leader Jan Levan. And I should know. There was nobody bigger than Jan Levan. And I'm like, where? What? There's a lot of, there was nobody bigger. I'm in. Immediately, I'm in. So that's the VO, the dare was nobody bigger. Yeah. And then we see Stan, but he has his back to us, and he turns to the camera like, oh, hello. Right. I'm Stan Tudrowski. Hello. I'm Stan Tudrowski. I've been around the polka people for decades, and I followed the career of Jan Levon for almost 25 years. I saw him burst on the polka scene and climb to the highest heights, and then I watched as it all spun out of control. This is the story of the rise and fall of Jan Levon and the ruin of the greatest polka empire Pennsylvania ever saw. And he looks right at us with the the beer. And I'm like, where's the bartender? And he goes, this is the story of the rise and fall of Jan LeVan. And I'm like, what? Jan LeVan. And I I was like, my notes are going to be 38 pages. Because everything this guy says, it It all started after after W2. What? <laughs> W2? That's World War II for everyone. He's saying WW2. Hello, I'm Stan Dranowski. I've been around the polka people for decades. <laughs> Stan. The polka people. The polka people. So we learned that Jan, are we going with Jan or Jan? Because his wife's is Jan. I want us to go back and forth. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. So Jan grew up in communist Poland. And for a brief moment, we meet Rhonda, his wife, put a pin in her. Oh my God. We'll be right back. But we learned that like his mom used to make him dance and perform for everybody. Right. And then Stan is like, Jan knew he was loaded with talent, but he was stuck behind the Iron Curtain. (laughs) communism so he leaves poland right and he never comes back because he went to canada and he was like whoa he was like i'm gonna be famous and it's all gonna start right here in canada and i'm like okay (laughs) so the thing is like he was a hard worker in the sense that he wasn't living this glamorous life at all he was working in meat factories that's not a gay bar i mean not not in this sense but the meat factory is totally a gay bar somewhere twink night at the meat factory am i right Yes. But yeah, so he's like a garbage collector. Yeah, like he's doing all those like jobs that you do when you're like new to a country. Right. But at night, he's going to those piano bars in Vancouver. <laughs> exactly. And he'd sell his cassettes I know. at the gigs. And his friends are like... When he would get these different jobs in these bars or, or nightclubs for one night, he would offer his cassettes for sale. He only had a couple, but for him, that was a big thing, you know. You couldn't do that in Poland. So we meet a lot of members of the Jan Levon Polka Orchestra or whatever. So we meet this guy, Pete Chacho. Oh, God. This guy, Pete Pete Chacho. (laughs) We're going to learn that this guy has got an axe to grind. And it starts from the very beginning. He was like, his English diction 
was pathetic. His English diction was pathetic. Right. And I'm like, Pete, girl, who hurt you? And I'm like, oh, Jan. Right. Pete is the accordion player, you guys, and he takes that shit real seriously. I know. So Jan moves from Canada to Pennsylvania, where there was a really big Polish scene. And he's like, well, I can be famous here because right. I can find success by taking advantage of this really big Polish community who happens to love polka. Exactly. So then we're back to Stan. <laughs> Stan's our announcer, you guys. Yeah, our host. Our host, right? At, Pardon the, Ameri- me. at the American Legion, who yeah. just needs another round. Right. Excuse me. <laughs> it didn't take him long to catch the eye of one young fan, a local beauty pageant winner by the name of Rhonda. Speaking of diction lessons, <laughs> by the name of Rhonda. By the name of Rhonda. Then we see Rhonda, and Rhonda tells us that she was like super underage. I guess I was at that time a junior, senior in high school. Probably about 16 or 17. She was 16 or 17. Right. Doesn't matter. It's and all bad. Jan is like in his 30s when they meet. He's so much older than she is. And like she was infatuated and they get married and move to Hazleton that I only know of because they mention it in the office sometimes. Oh, is that right? Pam like goes to Hazleton to look at things. Pam is so annoying. I That's not the podcast <laughs> we're on right now. Yeah, Rhonda thought he was like super sophisticated and a classy entertainer. Well, she was 16 and he was very much not. Right from the beginning, he's determined to be like a big famous star. And so Rhonda's telling us like what they did to like get his name out there. She's like, he put a couple of flyers out. He would donate his voice to churches. He would do it for nothing just to get people that there's this entertainer that's new in the area. So we're back with Stan, our host, and he's sitting at the bar with his back. He loves these big turnaround reveals. This is the second one. I know. We just started. And he's like. But how could Jan make his jump to the big time? Well, I'll tell you. For a Polish entertainer working in northeastern Pennsylvania, there's only one word that'll open the door to stardom. The word is polka. (laughs) Obviously. Also, did you notice all the like dissolve transitions? Yeah, I was. This one was a star because get it, he's about to be a star. Right. So we're off and running into the world of polka, everybody. Yeah, and again, we start seeing all of these videos again. And again, these old people are like dancing for their lives. And we meet Sam Lestant. He's a TV broadcaster. (laughs) He would just say, hey, throw the bras up. They throw the panties up. You know, I said, hey, great for you. I I wasn't there. (laughs) They throw the bras up, the panties up. I say, great for you. I wasn't there. And I'm like, (laughs) that was a roller coaster from Sam. I know. This guy, Sam Lestant, gives Jan a TV show. He gets a cable access local polka show. Right. And, and he has a fan club. We meet the president of the fan club. Who is like from Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. I know. Because someone's like, now why do you love him? And she's like, because of his dynamic personality and his love for everybody. Because of his dynamic personality and his love for everybody. <laughs> is she from the old neighborhood? I know. Because of his dynamic personality. Where'd they find her up in Hazleton? <laughs> What is happening? Then there's someone in a chicken outfit. We have Jojo the Clown. I was going to say, you guys, we have Jojo the Clown who becomes one of his biggest fans. And she is giving an interview to camera in full clown beat. Like today. Yeah. Like the fake eyelash has fallen right off her face. I have Jojo the Clown. Oh my God, this is 100% my future. (laughs) No, not not if I have anything to say about it. 
So the thing is, all these people thought that Jan had a ton of money because he was such a showman. He had the sparkly outfits and all these parties and a TV show. And in fairness, like you see these polka parties and there's like hundreds of people there. Right, but they're in like church basements. So you think it's like free or like two bucks to get in or something? Well, people who are 80, I just know for a fact, like it's science. They don't pay for anything. (laughs) They eat dinner at two in the afternoon for five bucks and they just don't pay for anything. I cannot wait to be 80. (laughs) You're like, that sounds pretty great. That sounds amazing. But the thing is, he had no money because it's like, yeah, the polka scene in Pennsylvania with the 80 year olds. Like it's not a big moneymaker, but he acted like it really was. So like his like bandmates are like, people would ask me, what's his house like? You know, they would just assume that he lived in a mansion somewhere. He lived in a house in Hazleton, you know, that wasn't anything out of the ordinary. And then it cuts like a shot of like a perfectly nice middle class town that apparently Jan Levon was ashamed to live in. He just lived in a nice little house in Hazleton. Like, exactly. it's okay. Yeah. So then we meet John the lawyer. We don't know who's lawyer because we don't have a lower third <laughs> for it. <laughs> You guys really made her mad with that one. Just saying. Really made her mad. I'd like to know whose lawyer it is. Yeah, same. <laughs> I want to know whose side this person is on. Yeah, Context I agree. Context matters. Right, totally. So Jan's like, I want to make a polka empire. Right. <laughs> you yes. just said that with like such a serious look on your face. Stay with me now. That's Jan. <laughs> look, I really want to make a polka empire. So he calls his friend over in Poland. Yep. And he's like, girl, how do I do this? And the friend is like, well, look, I once needed money. So what I would do, I just ask all my friends to give me that money. Right. <laughs> And in return, I'd give them like IOUs, also called promissory notes. Yep. And then all my friends and the people that love me would just give me all this money. And that's how you build your empire. And Jan's like, great, click. And this is why well-intended idiots should not be allowed to do things with money. This is like, if I wasn't married to Steve, this is how I would be making money. Right. We wouldn't be here. No. <laughs> I'd probably be dead five years ago. You need a person who knows what they're doing running the finances. Jan creates a company called JRD Productions. It's okay. named after him, Jan, Rhonda, his wife, and their son, Daniel. Right. And so he's going out and like getting people to give him, like investing in this company. So like you give him $10,000 and he's promising an annual return of 12%. Now for context, banks are offering like one to 2%. So people are like, well, I'm going to take all my money out of the bank and like invest it in Jan and get a 12% return. Right. And the thing is, the pitch is, remember that show you went to last night? These are old people who trust him. Right. And and think, well, what a great guy. And 12%, like, oh my God, they really think they're doing something in good faith to support someone who's really given them a lot of happiness. But like, nobody thinks anything through because it's like, this is the point that they make a couple times, but not enough. What are you investing in? The 12% interest that Jan promised sure was a lot more than any bank would offer. It was pretty amazing especially since JRD was only earning money from business related to polka. You invest in Apple. You invest in... They're investing in a polka empire, excuse you. (laughs) But it's like, when this all turns bad, because spoiler, that's what happens, all the people in like the Securities and Exchange Commission is like, what did they think they were investing in? And to be very clear, I mean, these are senior citizens, they're retired. It's not like they're giving a couple hundred dollars here and there. No. These people were giving thousands, tens of thousands. $153,000, one of these guys? Yeah, or some people will be like, well, I started with 10 grand and then gave him a cool 30K and then my grandson's tuition. And then like it wasn't just like a couple hundred bucks here and there, which would be bad enough because you're really taking advantage of these people. But that's how much these people believed in him. One of these old people that we meet, one of the investors, his name is Jack Kelly. You guys, that's the lead (gasps) newsy. We finally found out what became of Jack Kelly. He got really old. He moved to Hazleton, Pennsylvania and invested in this polka guy. It does kind of check out because Jack was always one for the schemes. (laughs) 
little sad he didn't end up moving to Santa Fe, but yeah. what are you going to do? So here's the thing. These promissory notes, these IOUs. You see, those promissory notes were supposed to be registered with the state, along with a business prospectus. But Jan had filed nothing. Basically what he did, he just typed up a bunch of shit on pieces of paper and told these really trusting people that it was legal and it wasn't. Right. And so we start to meet the people from the Securities and Exchange Commissions who were like, We gave John Lewine an informal resolution. He agreed not to offer or sell unregistered securities to Pennsylvania residents. We were treating him as a guy who had stubbed his toe. Look, this guy seemed really nice. We basically slapped him on the hand. We're like, you made a mistake. Don't do that anymore. Right. Someone's like, we were treating him as some guy who stubbed his toe. And I'm like, I hate that. So like everyone trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But he was just like, all right, sure. Trade commissions, whatever. Uh And then turned around and doubled down. So now we're with Stan, who has a very similar question that you're asking. He goes, here's a question no one bothered to ask. Why did a polka singer like, yeah, need investors in the first place? Why did he need investors? Like, you guys, he didn't need investors. He just wanted your money. Well, he'll tell you something different. He needed commercials for his gift shop. Hi, my name is Jan Levan, and I would like to invite you to our gift shop. At Jan Levan Show Gifts, you'll find authentic handcrafted costumes and dolls directly from Poland. 14 karat gold, imported chocolates, Pennsylvania hard gold, decorated eggs, and wooden trinket boxes. This is a person, just a person who has a gift shop. So he's selling Polish costumes, whatever they are, chocolates, gold, decorated eggs. The place looks like a hoarder's home because they're so like, I'm not a business person, but just the supply and demand. It's like you have too much inventory. You know what else you forgot to say that he had? Polish Amber. Say it for me. It's your drag name. That's your drag name. As soon as I said Polish Amber, I almost got, did an Insta story. And then I was like, no, I'm going to save it for the pod. Right. <laughs> Guess what Jan's doing? Uh, starting a travel company? <laughs> With the stolen money? You know that, like, I really believe that this is, like, Steve's worst nightmare of what I'm going to be like, where I'm like, I made a podcast that people liked. I'm going to open a gift shop. I'm going to take people on international tours. Girl, I got news for you. We sell merch. I know. So they're personally taking tour groups around Poland, and everyone's like, got to be honest with you, it was one hell of a party, because all they did was drink vodka, <laughs> eat know. sausages, and, like, ride horses. And go on these river boating excursions. Going down the river with these gurals, they're singing to you in the boats. Jan is passing around this Luxusova vodka. Every boat got their own bottle. <laughs> if anybody would be short of a bottle, they'd be throwing a bottle of vodka to the next raft. These are like 130 people on these trips. And we see these river rafts that are like, they're not like boats. It's like a plank of wood. And all these old people are like sitting on it, drinking vodka and going like 30 miles an hour down this river. They're doing vodka shots of warm vodka. And someone's like, oh, we're out. And Jan's like, no, we're not. And like picks up a fresh <laughs> bottle. And I'm like, well, hold on a second right. now. <laughs> Suddenly I'm on Jan's side. If he just had a little bit of ice and maybe a twist, we could talk about it. But the thing is, these people are just like, we get a free trip to Poland. No, you don't. You're 30 grand paid for it. Come on. You guys, we're just really getting started with this trip around the world. I know. It started with Poland. And then all of a sudden he's like, Vienna. He goes, Vienna. How about that? I know. Lois paid for everyone's trip to Vienna. Poor Lois. Lois. She's just waving. She hasn't been able to hear a word in 13 years. little Henry's college fund paid for. Everyone's vodka. But you guys, the big trip, if you're going to take a trip with Jan Luan or whatever, (laughs) Chan Luan. You got Jan Luan. That was actually perfect. That's why I laughed because you nailed it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you really, really wanted to go on a trip to Italy. Because if you go to Italy with Jan, you guys, you get an audience with the goddamn Pope. Even and there's video to prove it. And photo evidence, which you know I love. Yes. There's like one particular photo. But even Rhonda's like, I don't know how I knew all these people. I, I know. But everyone truly seemed to be like, yo, Jan's here? Yeah. Girl, no, no, no. Cancel everything. No, 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 no. I'm done for the day. Take the phone off the hook. The Polka King is here? I know. I, literally, you hear the Pope John Paul II being calling him Mr. Lewandowski. Oh, the, the Pope, as soon as he saw Levon, he said, hey, Mr. Lewandowski, you know, how are you? You know, really, seriously. I mean, it was unbelievable that the rapport he had with the Pope, presidents and dignitaries, they could never get as close to the Pope as Jan did. It's unbelievable. The Pope is basically kissing this guy's ring. Right. But then there's a big question about, like, how is Jan actually getting this audience with the Pope? I think his father and the Pope lived in the same town. They kind of grew up together. He was friends with the Pope's secretary, and he actually knew the Pope prior to him becoming the Pope. He was in Orchard Lake Detroit Seminary, and that's where my husband's uncle was an instructor over him when he was a priest. So remember that guy Pete, he's the accordion player that we know. He's mad. Yeah, but we don't know why yet. Yeah, yeah. Pete tells us this story that at one point on one of the trips to Poland, Jan pulls Pete aside. He's like, and he said, I want you to accompany me to Rome because we don't have an audience with the Holy Father yet. There was a valise. There was money in that valise. I was supposed to be his bodyguard. Got into Rome, St. Peter's Square, pointed to a building, and he says, I have to do some business up there. I said, can I go with you? He says, no. Nobody goes with me. Girl, you got to go to like the south of Italy with me to get this like suitcase full of cash because I don't have an audience with the Pope yet. So Pete's like, okay, girl. And they go pick up a suitcase full of cash. They bring it back to St. Peter's Square, which is where the Pope lives. Right. And Jan's like, I got to go meet a guy about a about meeting a with the Pope. I got to meet this guy about Pete's a thing. like, can I go with you? And he's like, no, girl, I go alone. So then we cut to present day Daniel, yeah. Jan's son. And he's like, there were donations made by the tour group. But that's no, not, not in that sense. There was donations. My dad... He, there were many times my dad didn't donate a penny and got an audience. And then there were times that he did. I mean, it's a, the world is filled with, with business. Everything has to be about business. Sometimes that was true. Sometimes it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And speaking of money. Yeah. Let's go back to Scranton, PA. Sure. So Jan was never really making any money. Spoiler. Exactly. So he had a ton of businesses, but nothing was bringing in any revenue. But the businesses that weren't making any money are what he would convince these sweet little old people to give him more money. Exactly. So, and the thing is, like, we have, like, members of his band, and it's like, how do you pay for all of this work with polka gigs? Because you get paid at the most, what, 1200 bucks? Yeah. Your band has 11 people in it. Right. <laughs> First of all, my uncle is a, is a jazz musician, and, and everyone knows this. It's super hard to make a living as a musician. Yeah. Especially when you're making music for a niche community. Right. You're not going to be a superstar. So he's using his, like, his travel business and his, like, weird gift shop I know. to be like, look how rich. I am and that's how he's getting these old people to keep investing and he never stopped when the feds came and they were like girl you probably made a mistake we're gonna give you the benefit of the doubt you have to stop these fake IOUs that mean nothing and he's like okay fine he doesn't no (laughs) so the thing is the state said look you cannot accept any new investors for this JRD productions that company that he made so he's like oh okay so he didn't accept any new investors for JRD productions he opened a new corporation and accepted investors under that corporation at the, he was he's very under, undereducated in that, in, in business. Right. So he's being shady. He's trying to do whatever the fuck he wants. And this whole, I don't know, 
I know. I'm not from here. That's all out the window. Right, exactly. Because he's been told twice now. And what we're learning is that, like, you guys, it was a Ponzi scheme. Like, he was taking all this money. He was promising a 12% return. He'd give you a little bit of that 12%. You'd be like, oh, my God, this is really amazing. Get your friends to invest with him. Right. And that's how Ponzi schemes work. It's like, Herbalife. Exactly. It's the Polka Herbalife. He doesn't have any money, so he has to constantly be getting new investors to pay old investors. So now we're back to Pete, the accordion player. Yeah, because Stan tells us. To most investors, giving money to Jan seemed like a no-brainer. But a few people were starting to question how Jan's offer could add up. People like Jan's accordion player, Pete Chacho. It's for sure a Ponzi scheme, and Pete wants everyone (laughs) to know about it. Pete's the Steve Tipton of this group. He's like screaming like a banshee to anyone who will listen. Right, but while Pete's screaming, Jan is rubbing elbows with like George Burns and super famous people, and you guys, in 1995, (laughs) he gets nominated for For a Grammy! Grammy. (laughs) He loses. Yeah, but Rhonda is super excited to get to go to the Grammy Awards where she gets to hang out with Boys to Men, Amy Grant, Judy Tenuta. Tom Jones. Tom, Tom Jones. Jones. She gasped. <laughs> Tom Jones. Ooh. So we're back to Stan. Yeah. And soon, another award ceremony would trigger the beginning of the end for the Jan Levon Empire. Soon, another award ceremony would trigger the beginning of the end for Jan Levon. <laughs> You guys, are you ready to go into the Rhonda section? Well, she's over it. As Stan says, she was done playing second fiddle to the big star. The big star up in Hazleton. Oh, my God. She says at the Grammy Awards that I was very proud of Jan, but it was coming to a point where nobody was recognizing Rhonda. I was 35 years old. I needed to get myself back was the yacht show and she wants to change that channel she was over it so what does she do she enters the miss pennsylvania pageant because she needs to get herself back right she wants to do something for her by herself and to do that she went all out she worked out seven days a week she went to speech classes she went all the way to florida to buy a bathing suit they made a point to have someone say she actually came to florida to get a bathing suit so you know she was serious what i I have that exact she went to florida for a bathing suit what look at all the question marks i have after what So we have footage of Jan saying, you know, I'd be totally surprised if she didn't win. Right, exactly. Okay, so Rhonda says to us, Rhonda was back. And to me, that was a dream come true. I won already. I won to myself. Don't, let's nix that. Because that will create too much controversy. Rhonda was back, okay? And to me, (laughs) that was a dream come true. I had won already. Okay. So Jan and his entire fan base are shuttled to the pageant. Again, Lois and little Timmy's (laughs) college fund paid for it. We are seeing the buses full of people going to the Mrs. Pennsylvania. Mrs. Pennsylvania pageant. And we meet, in particular... Rita Rowley. She's credited at this point as other contestant. And immediately she's like, Rhonda was a little standoffish. <laughs> and but Ra- then it comes to Rhonda. Well, but Rhonda shows up and Rita says Rhonda shows up to the Mrs. Pennsylvania pageant. <laughs> she was wearing a jacket that said Mrs. Pennsylvania 98, which we thought was a little presumptuous. <laughs> With a jacket yeah. that says Mrs. Pennsylvania 1998, like she already won. <laughs> and Rita's like, I don't know. I just, I thought that was a little presumptuous as she literally is Kermit taking the little tea sip. I'm like, whoa. Rita's like, she was standoffish and it cuts to Rhonda. She's like, I wasn't there to, to socialize. I wasn't there to for fun, for a game. I was there for a purpose. I was not there to make friends. I know, Rhonda, okay? I know. Clearly you weren't. <laughs> And then Rita again with the tea goes, 
personally, I didn't think she did too well, but hey, that's just me, Rita. <laughs> you guys, this is all going somewhere. It's, this is my favorite part of the whole movie. So sure enough, Rhonda wins. She's yeah. so overwhelmed. She's crying. I finally did something on my own. Okay. Rita, when they announced that Rhonda won, Rita's like, when they announced Rhonda, we all kind of looked at each other like, hmm, that's not necessarily who I would have picked, but oh well. Huh. All of us were a little puzzled. We were shocked. <laughs> And then the judges were like, girl, us too. Because the judges are like, that is not who we picked. At all. At all. And we see, this is such a low budget documentary, which is fine. Like, make you tell your story, do what you have to do. Yeah. But I don't know how they got access because we see the judges' scorecards. Yeah. And we see that someone went in and changed the scores. And not even subtly. Not even like how we used to change our IDs when we would chalk our IDs back in the day. And turn the numbers into like, oh, we're 21. Right. um, and someone just crossed out like 22 for the score and made, gave her like 100 and all 100. I, I, and suddenly she just won A plus, 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 plus. And everyone's like, wait, what? Because it turns out Rita won first place and Rhonda was dead last. <laughs> dead last, you guys. Flashback to 15 seconds ago when yeah. Jan was like, she deserved to win. She worked so hard that if she won't win, I'd be really surprised. Everyone <laughs> in the polka scene was like, she's totally winning. Yeah. She didn't. So this becomes a little bit confusing to me because it's like you see the scorecard. It was obviously doctored. She lost. Rita obviously won. And this becomes a scandal in northeastern Pennsylvania. Detectives assigned to the Mrs. Pennsylvania case were in our area today. Detectives met with Jan Levon this morning in Hazelden. Right, because now today, like in Rhonda's interview, she's like, look, I didn't want something I didn't earn. Like I was a victim. Like yeah. if someone fixed it, I had nothing to do with that. The whole point was that she was going to get Rhonda back. And they came to talk to him. I said, well, I, you had nothing to do with this, I hope. Of course not. I mean, that would, would have defeated the whole purpose. He knew how much I wanted to do something on my own. She's like, why would I want something I didn't earn? That sucks. Then we go to David, the son, and he's like, for the outside person who doesn't know the family, doesn't know this, doesn't know anything. It could look like my father may have had something to do with it. No, it totally looks like my dad rigged it. <laughs> and all of the people he scammed right? are like, he totally rigged it. But I'm just saying, like, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know. Right. The same thing with bribing the Pope. Right, It's right. all like, sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. I'm not really sure. Right. So Rhonda's like, no, 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 no. Jan, she calls her husband Jan. <laughs> and I'm not like, if your name is Jan, fine. Right, exactly. But it's Jan. It's, it's Jan. Jan Lewandowski, as a matter of fact. So Rhonda was like, Jan would never do that. He knew I wanted to do this on my own. He would never rig it. Like, no way. It's impossible. So if it was rigged, it definitely wasn't my husband. I just love these people with no self-awareness. Rhonda, he didn't think he was going to get caught, sweetheart. Right. He's been scamming people for millions of dollars. Exactly. Like, of course, Rhonda, you are such a dummy. So then... <laughs> uh, it just gets better and better. We are back to Rita. The who, real like, winner. On paper, who won. First of all, did you see her license plate? It says Mrs. PA 98. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the scandal breaks, right? She's named the official winner. First thing she does is get that vanity plate. Right. That she has to this day. Can you imagine? I know. I love it so much. Look, Rita. I know. Do what you have to do. So, of course, now that it's official, now they're like, Rhonda, hi, girl. This is super awkward. <laughs> you have to give back the crown, the sash, the money, the TV, yeah. like all of that stuff. She refuses to this day. She refuses. Rhonda, the person 10 seconds ago was like, I don't want something I didn't earn. In the same breath is like, well, I'm not giving that fucking crown back. And then she goes, it's a done deal. I'm the winner. Leave it alone. Get on. Move on with your life. Get over it. 
I won. Get over it. Move on. And of Rita, she says, if she asks for it back one more time, I'm going to give it back to her through her front window. She goes, you know. And I'll tell you what, if she asks me for the back one more time, when I come in through her front window. In 30 seconds, Rhonda does the following. <laughs> Say, I don't want something I didn't earn. Right. Swear up and down that her husband, who's a lying, cheating polka king, yeah. would be polka king, definitely didn't rig it, but probably did. <laughs> then refused to give back what she admits she didn't actually earn and then threaten the woman who actually won and just really wants the goddamn sash and the crown that she rightfully earned. But now the thing is, like, as their son Daniel says... That was the beginning of... of the downfall was that, was that Miss Pennsylvania. That bullshit was the beginning of the end. (laughs) Because now people are like, even these old people are like, did he rig that beauty pageant? (laughs) It's getting, it's not like, did this guy who like, there's no way that the Polish Amber could really make all these hundreds of thousands of dollars. Where exactly is my money going? Totally. But the beauty pageant scandal is what made them kind of perk up a little bit. And they all start asking for their money back, which obviously is a problem because Jan doesn't have any money. But that doesn't matter because as Pete, the musician who hates him says, <laughs> Jan's like, no, 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 no. Keep your money in now. Instead of 12% yep. interest, I'm going to give you 20. And the thing is, these Ponzi schemes only work as long as nobody's asking for their money back and only as long as you can continue to get new investors. So, you know, now he's got a bad reputation in Pennsylvania. You guys, he's hitting the road. He's going to all these other states to try to like scam people out of money. Right. And so by the spring of the year 2000, the Securities Commission in Pennsylvania gets wind of everything that's happening. And Stan, our host, is like, who tipped off the Pennsylvania government? Many in Jan's camp suspected there might be a snitch right under their noses. There might be a snitch <laughs> right under their noses. <laughs> so now everyone in the Pennsylvania Everyone in the Pennsylvania polka scene. Everyone assumes that Peter, the accordion player, they all think he's the snitch. Peter vehemently denies it. Well, because they got in a big fight because Jan couldn't afford to fit the bill for Pete's wife, Harriet, to go on all these trips to meet the Pope or whatever. So then Pete's like, now hold on a second. And then they had this big falling out and Pete was like, okay, fine. And Jan was like, fine. But then someone was going around leaving messages on people's answering machines, like all the investors answering machines. Totally. Being like, I got this call on my tape. He didn't leave his name. He just said that your securities to Yang Luan are illegal. He's not registered to sell those promissory notes. This is super shady. He's stealing your money. Okay, bye. Click. <laughs> this was not Pete. Click. <laughs> Pete to this day denies that he did that. But he's also screaming probably the same thing he was screaming on their voicemails. Right. Because he's like, Jan Levin is a liar. I treated him as a brother. He should say that I had something to do with this. I had nothing to do. I had no money in him. But when people says, oh, I'm invested in Jan Levin, what do you think? This was my honest opinion. Take your money and get out. He was a user and abuser, and his house of cards was coming in on him. I was just honest with the people that asked me, and when they asked me, I said, take your money and get out! (laughs) He says he was a user and abuser, and his house of cards was coming down. However, (laughs) wait a second, now our host Stan is like, Rumors were flying that someone else had snitched. Someone even closer to home. Rhonda's own mother, Rose. Rhonda's own mother, Rose. (laughs) Mother. Her own mother. 
and then we cut to Daniel, who's like, my grandmother hated Jan <laughs> right. and all of the choices he was making, like on a daily basis. And so as we're talking about like how he's getting ratted out, we're seeing those securities commissions people again, and they're showing us the actual tax returns from the Jan Luan gift store that year. Now, remember, the gift store is the thing that he's saying, like, look how much money we're making. Invest in the this. Polish it's so profitable. We see a loss of $233,000. Which is like, you got to cook the books. Exactly. If you're going to be bad at this. Yeah. Oh, like, don't scam people, obviously. But, like, you can't just actually report your losses. Exactly. What are you, nuts? So he was totally lying to investors. He knew one zillion percent what he was doing. He knew full well he couldn't pay them back. Exactly. And he was in too deep to get out. We learn now that Jan, in 2001, was going to turn this whole thing around by going on this, like, big tour with the Jan Luan Orchestra or whatever the hell it was called. Right. It was called exactly that. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So then but, we get this, like, tragic fucking story. Yeah, something really, really bad happens. Yeah. And it's January 26, 2001, and we meet Steve, the driver of this little tour van. And he's, like, in the band. He's a band member. Yeah, and he's telling us through tears. I felt good because I had... Um... You know, I had slept most of the night. It was quiet in the bus. To this day, I don't know if I fell asleep. I just remember screaming, I'm sorry, and that was it. Something happens and this like van, bus, whatever it is, just like tumbles off the road and two of the members of the band die. Yeah, and his son Daniel, who we've been talking to this whole time, was like critically injured. And Daniel, who I think is garbage, but now I feel bad for thinking that. He almost died. I know, he says, I remember nothing of this. And Pete, the accordion guy who hates everybody now, he's like, Daniel's hurt bad. If you would have saw Daniel at that time, you'd never think he'd live. And so Jan is like super upset about this accident, which is completely valid. It's yeah. it's devastating. It's tragic. Like Jan Luan or whatever is really going through it. And like this is where we see his humanity for like the first time ever in this documentary. Like he obviously like loves his kid, survivor's guilt or whatever. Yeah, and he's like in mourning about his two band mates who died. Exactly. We learn that he's with his son 24 hours a day at the hospital. He like never leaves his bedside, which is like totally what any parent would do. Right. And also Paul. Polka, it's on the back burner now. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, when you want to make this polka empire and this business and your investors are literally banking on your polka empire, yeah. they feel bad about everything that's happened, but they're trying to take their money out now. Yeah, we get this like really crazy moment where Jan is telling his investors that he brought all of his financial records with him on that bus. And Every they got, last one. Which is such, like your son almost died. Two men died and you're still using this like tragic accident as a way to like scam people. I agree 100 so he says, like, all of the records were destroyed in the bus crash. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that's so slimy and disgusting. And Do you like, know who else agrees with us? Pete, Pete the, the accordionist. accordionist. <laughs> He's like, I don't buy it. I honestly don't buy it. How much blood did you have to pour out on those books to make them not legible to read? Peter. We only know him as Pete. I know. Oh my He's God. so mad, this guy. So basically, everything falls apart after this. Yeah. The investors want the money. He won't give it to them because he doesn't have it. And the lies just aren't cutting it. So now the IRS is like, hey, girl. I know. We warned you three times. Like, they, of course they have wind of it now. And it was really only a matter of time. And so now the government is just like seizing all of his assets. So like, he's giving us a tour of his empty store and the government has seized it and they're auctioning off all of his shit. And he like looks at us and he's like, in one moment, I, I was worth it like six, seven million dollar and now I have $35 hey still all right <laughs> great 
I don't care. Yeah. Because he was lying to the feds. He was like, I only have like, what, eight, nine, 10, 12 investors. Oh my God. He really had over 400 of them in more than 20 states and they paid him close to $5 million. Right. So this whole like, I don't know. I don't speak the language. I don't know this country. That was all bullshit. He knew exactly what he was doing the entire time. Yeah. And so like, this is, again, we're getting the round robin of like all the people that he scammed. And you know, they're really sad. These are old people. This is their life savings. And then it cuts to Jan and he's literally like, I'm a victim too here. He goes, I regret nothing. I got to travel all over the world and yeah, I scam people, but I'll pay for it eventually. It's yeah, not a problem. I know. Jan! Unbelievable. Jan! And then, and then we see his ultimate downfall is that like to try to make a little bit of a living, he's trying to revive his polka empire and he's like performing in the middle of the afternoon at this like senior center. It's a senior citizen show. I have this opportunity to make living. So... Here I am. They have a nice little cocktail, then uh, lunch, and then uh, I do my show. Hopefully they will buy a few records, go home. I take the money and go home too. The thing about it is that like, whereas before we would see these like middle of the day polka parties and everyone's jumping up and down and dancing and singing, these old people are me, where it's like, you're being too loud, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, <laughs> just pass the vodka and it's shut up. <laughs> Pass the vodka and shut up the Jillian Pensavalli story. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to get these people into it and they just don't give a shit. He's just like part of their like daily programming. It's just awful. And guess what? He never had a bulk empire to rebuild no. to begin with. When you have everything in the high caliber, the big band behind you, a beautiful stage, gorgeous dance group, you know, you, you realize when you don't have them anymore how great it was. So then he's like arrested. He's like on trial for this. No one speaks for him. Everyone speaks against him when they're doing these like character witness things. And, and we learned that at his sentencing, when people are speaking, this one old lady like urchin, 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 like rolls her walker up to the front of the courtroom. I remember one old lady saying that she wishes he rots in hell. We learn that these people all want him dead. Oh my God. This takes a turn for the real dark in a second. So Jan is sentenced to five years. Yeah. And he's in this maximum security place. So it was like the first three years were supposed to be in maximum security in Delaware. And then the last two years were supposed to be like this white collar, what they call club fed. However, we meet William Winchester, who was a former inmate with Jan. In the really bad, dangerous prison. Right. With the scary, violent people. And William Winchester, the former inmate, says to us, look. It was a false statement going around that he was in jail for rape of a child. If there's anything to do with a child, Somebody's going to get you. Because they're like, this doesn't make any sense that this guy is here either. Like, he's not like us. Why is this guy here? He must have done something really bad. And like, William tells us, and we know, like, people who hurt kids and animals, and they do not do well in prison. Yeah. So Jan's cellmate shivs him and stabs him in the neck, and he almost dies. So he like, okay, you guys, like, trigger warning, this is really bad. He uses his razor to slice Jan's neck from, like, ear to ear. Yeah. He like, basically almost decapitates this guy. But all of these people, so we're like, ugh, we gotta say trigger warning for our listeners. All of the old people he scammed. You guys. I mean, all of them are every just Every last like, one. Should have finished the job. <laughs> That's not very nice to say, but it's, it's, it's... The guy didn't go deep enough. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't have a deep enough knife. <laughs> really? Yeah, I really thought the guy didn't go deep enough. He didn't deep enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, you know what I said? Sure. The first place they should have did, he should have went all the way around. You know, just go from ear to ear. Should have went around the back too. Should have finished the job. He didn't go should've deep enough. Should have killed him. Should have went all the way around. And they're laughing about it. And even the filmmakers are like, wow, really? And they're like, yeah. Which is a bit much. It's not, <laughs> first of all, it's not going to bring the money back, right? No. I will just say this. Like, one of the old women who's, like, the meanest. I have her as, like, mean old lady. The one whose husband can't get a word in a twice. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. She literally is like, here's the thing, though. He stole all this money from really hard-working people. Like, yes. my husband worked at GE for 50 years, and I was a bus driver. Mm-hmm. We earned, like, $50,000 to save for our retirement, and we gave it to this guy, and he threw it away. Like, he just took blatant advantage of us. Like, they're so mad that there's no sense of like being able to rise above this at all. Right. And what he did is a hundred times worse than them believing the guy who's best friends with the Pope who just got them out of the house and made them feel really nice and happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what they saw. Right. These people are very like eye for an eye. They're very happy to hear that this guy suffered. And it's crazy because we don't see Jan again. We see pictures of him. We hear that he's like lost all this weight in jail. It's been really bad. But like after we learn that he was almost decapitated, we never see him again. You know who we do see? Pete. Oh yeah, Pete the accordionist. Pete is damn mad. Just ask him, he'll tell you. I would like to say to the people, I am sincerely sorry that they ever, ever got involved with Jan Levon. I am damn mad that he himself perpetrated this and still say you're innocent. You're going to tell me to my face that 400 people are liars. No way. There are people who are like yawn defenders yeah. out there who are just like, all you hear about is the crybabies. Right. All these people who lost their money and Pete is like, I'm damn mad. Right. You're going to tell me that 400 <laughs> adorable old people are lying? <laughs> because the thing is that like, we get this like whole tragic story about what happens to, to Jan in jail and you feel really sorry for him. And then it cuts to Rhonda uh, and Rhonda's like, nobody put a gun to their head. Nobody pushed them. Anybody can be there when things are good when you get money. But one little thing turns sour. I mean, you help crucify him. But you help just keep twist and twist and twist. I hope you're happy. I mean, nobody put a gun to their heads. And she's like, you know, everyone's silent when they have money. And then one little thing goes wrong and they lose it. And I'm yeah. like, Rhonda, one little thing goes wrong and they lose it. I- also, you know what can be one little thing that goes wrong? You not actually winning the goddamn beauty contest. <laughs> and now you're threatening Rita. Right. Like, Rhonda, girl. <laughs> And then, and then she's like, I pity him. Then now she's crying. I know. I just, he never meant to hurt anybody. I just, I pity him. So we end with, remember Stan, our host? Of course. We end with Stan. Let me just paint a picture. He's Please. at the American Legion. Yep. He's got no bartender. Right. I don't know where the drinks are coming from. No one is clearing. I mean, it's just like empty glasses. Yeah. Empty chairs at empty tables. Oh, God. And so he's about to finish his beer. There's like a sip left. Stan says no. Yeah. He decides not to. He gets up from the bar. <laughs> he walks out of that bar. Doesn't look back. And it fades yep. into on-screen text <laughs> that says that Jan served four years in Delaware in the state prison, Max, which yep. was horrible. Then he was moved to Club Fed in 2008. He was released in 2009. And he immediately began plotting his Polka comeback. And investigators say he scammed people out of over $10 million. This is what I really want to talk about. Okay, please. It has to do with Stan. Yeah. What you were said in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, is Stan in on this? Or is Stan like being his true authentic self? In the credits, which I just kept rolling because I was typing all yeah. of this Mike goes wait what in the credits we learn that quote Stan Tadrowski was played <gasps> by an actor named Greg 
Corin. What? Side googs tell me <laughs> that Stan was, quote, a fictional authority on the Pennsylvania polka scene. I am enraged about what? this. What? They didn't make that clear at all. Didn't no. you think that Stan was the, the filmmaker? He refers to them as we, like he's from the community. That's what I'm saying. So they had this guy, Greg Corin, an actor, play this fictional guy, Stan. Oh my God. With the turn, it with the back and the turning. Yeah. I am incensed about this. <laughs> Irrationally. I admit it's an irrational anger. Uh huh. I don't like it. I feel duped. I know what those old people felt like in Pennsylvania now. It's exactly it's it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> Oh my God, we did The Man Who Would Be Polka King. I didn't care for this documentary. I didn't either. You guys watched the Jack Black Jenny Slate movie instead. I'm dying to watch it. I can't wait. You guys, just a couple reminders. We started a network. We have one new podcast out. We've got another one coming out. Tweet at Jillian. Tell her to make a show for the network. Yeah, I'm, I have lots of ideas. I'm not going anywhere. I also have two other podcasts that are not on the network. So, <laughs> Havel Cast and 10 Michael Sketches and Microphones. Get into it. Also, you guys, if you want more Jillian and me, go to the Patreon. It's where we do our series. We do episode by episode Making a Murderer, uh, the Jinx, Serial, Madeline McCann, uh, Lorena, OJ um, Made in America. Ugh, don't fuck with cats. Don't F with cats. Lacey Peterson, Menendez murders. You guys don't watch Don't F with cats. Just listen, just listen to, to ours. Us. I, I care about you too much. Please don't watch it. Just listen. Yeah. If you're looking for like a solid good laugh in this time of darkness, mm. go to the Pates. If you don't want to go to the Pates, you can also just listen to the back catalog. Listen to your favorite episode all over again. Yeah. Oh, we'll be here. We're not going anywhere. I want to make this really clear, you guys. We are, no matter what, Jillian and I are here. We are doing our weekly episodes and our weekly Patreon episodes, and we are going to make you laugh during this time. Yeah, we've discussed plans if we have to record from home like yep. for our respective apartments. Like we have, you guys, we're not going, we got your backs. It's we fine. need it too. Like we need yeah. this escape as much as anybody else does. We are overjoyed at the fact that we get a, to do a thing that makes people laugh and it's needed in this time. We're truly thrilled and grateful and honored to be here and just keep listening, would you? Exactly. We love you. Speaking of, girl, what are we doing next? We are doing Where is Robert Fisher? You guys, I'm excited. I learned about this case on Unsolved Mysteries when I was like, a little kid. This is about a man who we think murdered his whole family and then vanished. <gasps> I know nothing about this. Yeah, so I just remember the Unsolved Mysteries episode haunted me. So get, ex- get. I almost said get excited. Don't get excited. I was going to say, so we're back to like murder and horrible, scary yes. stuff next week? Yes, yes. Okay. But this is like the missing person thing that I'm obsessed with. So <laughs> I know you hate it. I'm here for it. You guys, again, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sorry. That just came out. I'm sorry. I'm here for you. All right, let's do this quick. They can find you at Jillian with a G on all the things. Mm-hmm. And they can find... Oh, excuse me. God. Girl, where can they find me? Oh my God, I took a breath. Jeez. <laughs> they can find you at Patrick Hines on Twitter and at Patrick Hines underscore on the Insta. You guys, follow us on Instagram if you're not already. It's at True Crime Obsessed Podcast. I do Insta stories all the time. We do like fun photos. I'm very active on the Instagram. Yeah, I might... Maybe I'll hop in in the stories every once in a Get while. Get in there, girl. I'm going to do it. Um, And we love you guys. Stay tuned for the trailer for Where's Robert Fisher? Our insane outtakes from this one I can't even imagine. Oh my God. The Pennsylvania <laughs> <laughs> and we love you. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Don't scam people. Don't, don't murder scam. and don't scam. Yeah, don't murder and like, don't scam. It's so obvious. So easy. It feels so like simple. Bye. Bye. An explosion and fire burns down a Scottsdale home in minutes. It's totally, it's totally inflamed. It was a big boom. Okay, we'll get somebody right over. Yes, there are. They'll probably be dead. 
45 minutes ago, police came out and after two days of investigating, they said that the scene here is a triple homicide. It was cold-blooded what he did. They're asleep and he literally slices their throats to where they're almost beheaded. You expect your father to protect you from the boogeyman. You don't expect your father to be the boogeyman. And that's what's real sick about this. Robert Fisher is a murder suspect. Mr. Fisher is still outstanding. Police believe Robert Fisher is on the run tonight. Where is he? It's one of the great unanswered stories in Arizona history. Polka, polka, polka. <laughs> Rather wife doesn't seem like she's been places. You know what I mean? She's been to Newark, Delaware, which is more than I can say for myself. Please keep that back and forth in so that I'm like, yeah. yawn, great, Jan. Yeah. And then we see like a foreign movie and the subtitles just say speaking another language. Yes. Yep. That's not the kind of gay bar I would go to because I know I'm not welcome there. You're welcome there. But there's no point for me to be there. I guess that's true. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to go to a cruisy bar. I'm just wasting everybody's time (laughs) at that point. You're not coming to Twink then at the meat factory? (laughs) I mean, if I'm invited happily, but I know where I'm welcome. What are you investing in, though? Well, sometimes they'd ask him, and he'd be like, don't worry, I have all the paperwork. It's super legal. Let's polka. (laughs) The Pennsylvania polka. And I'm like, what? Santa Fe. Are you there? My old friend. Ah, Can't do it right now. I know, I know. Way too much to get to tonight. It's true. Rhonda's got a real chip on her shoulder, if you ask me. And right back at her. We'll get back to her in a minute. Polish Amber, come on. I I mean, it's like written for you. To Italy. How does Stan say it? He might say Italy. Is it Italy? <laughs> but I misread the Wikipedia because it's actually a very long page for the best polka album wins. So that was in 1995. But in 1994, Walter also won. The name of the album is <laughs> Accordionally Yours. <laughs> you guys, I urge you just go just wiki like the Grammy Award for polka album. The name of these bands like your polka sweethearts, like they are, they lead it to the polka thing and God bless them for it. Daisy's boy hamster, you know what she named him? Daisy? Yes. Did she really? Yes. 